Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. When Dana Spinola launched her first fabric store in 2006, the grand opening was a huge success. Sales were phenomenal. Feedback was incredible. She was there with family and friends. It was the perfect night. But little did Dana know that the very next day, her business would be presented with such a significant challenge that it threatened whether or not the business could survive the first month. Now, as you're listening to Launch University, as you're a part of this community, here's what you're going to discover, and you're going to discover what Dana experienced And you've experienced this. If you've got a dream, a vision to launch a business, a church, a nonprofit organization, or if you're an entrepreneur and you've got ideas for the company or the business or church that you work for, you've got these dreams and ideas and you want to launch them into the world to make the world and the organization and people better and to make the world a better place, just like Dana is doing. But along with those dreams and goals and visions comes the inevitable challenges, the difficulties, and the temptation to quit. That's one of the many reasons why I'm so excited that you get to hear from Dana and you get to hear the fabric story and not just the story about the business, but her story as she shares growing up with two amazing parents, uh, her incredible husband and their kids and what she and the team at Fabric are doing. Recently, David Farmer and I had the opportunity to visit with Dana at the home office here in Atlanta of Fabric. We got to see a lot of their team tour around the space. We even got fabric lattes. So Dana, thank you very much. But one of the many reasons I'm excited about this interview is I think you're going to, at the end of it, be very encouraged to pursue the ideas that are inside of you, the dreams that you want to launch into the world. And when those inevitable challenges head your way and you're tempted to quit, I want you to remember Dana Spinola. And hey, go buy something at your local fabric store. Well, David, it's been a great afternoon so far because we're sipping lattes, fabric lattes, by the way, at the Fabric Corporate Headquarters. So this is pretty cool. Living large. This is how we like to roll, Jeff. So I, I can't wait when until Shane Benson and Kevin Jennings hear this, that we're hanging out with Dana Spinola, sipping lattes. And Dana, fantastic headquarters here. So thanks for being here. Tell, tell us how long you've been in this space. Sure. We've been here for about a year and a half. And, you know, when you talk about dreaming big, I remember the day I saw the movie, The Intern, and it was just like, that will be my office someday. I had no idea what someday meant, but I remember every single detail. And so when I designed the space, it was just with that in mind. Just being here, you are automatically cooler, right? That's what I like about <laughs> I know. This is just fantastic. So... I want to dive a little bit into that. So you saw that, you saw that office space and there was something, because I think launchers, they see things, they go, there's something that resonates with those ideas. But many times people just kind of move on. You didn't. You said, nope, that's it. What is it about you that said, nope, that's it. I got to go for that. Yeah. You know, when you just have a vision and, and for so long things and ideas go through your head and it's rare that you actually see it alive. And so when I do, I mean, it resonates with a feeling of, that's it. And it's almost undeniable. You know, it is, it's a gut, but it's a, when it's in person and you are being able to see it on paper, um, you know, any dream that comes out of your mind and you actually can see it in real life to me is as good as it gets. So I had David opportunity to hear Dana's talk in front of 
her company. And Dana, one of the many, many things I was impressed with was, was your vision and your values. And um, I would love for you to share a little bit of that with us because we have sure. a lot of launchers. They, they have an idea, but what you've done, not only with your idea, you've wrapped it with vision and values. And um, so tell us a little bit about how you, this is bigger than business for you. This is a mission. This is uh, a movement. So tell us about the wow and the dream and the inspire. Sure. You know, I think that you know, most, at least the entrepreneurs I know, it, it does. It starts with that dream and that feeling and that passion. Um, but having that focus around it is key, or mm-hmm. it just stays in that land of, of possibility and wonder. Um, so for us, you know, my vision has always been to create a place where everyone can afford to feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. And we're doing that, you know, beautiful inside and out one piece of fabric at a time. And we've just stayed steadfast to that. I mean, I had the vision before I had the first store. And so, you know, now looking back 15 years, the idea that we've stayed on that vision is is so incredible. Um, that shows it's bigger than me of, of what that vision was. But the coolest thing is, I didn't start with core values. I wish I did. I just started living them mm-hmm. and they became alive in our company. So right. when I went to put them on paper, which is such a key piece, they were dream, They were hustle, inspire, wow, and heart. And so those were the ones we were actually living. So it was really wonderfully validating that they were the pieces that Mm -hmm. made up our core values. Mm -hmm. You referenced the vision. What would you say inspired that original vision, Dana? Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up the, you know, first child of two hippie parents um, <laughs> and starving artist. It was a real word. You know, we didn't have the material things. And I was just a young girl that loved fashion and every penny I got, I'd buy Vogue magazines and put them on my wall. And it was everything to me, but we didn't have any money. So my mom would actually make all of my clothing. And I remember friends being like, are you poor? What's going on? I'm like, no, I have a personal stylist. Like, this is amazing. So for me, it was about, I could never shop in a boutique ever. I mean, it wasn't even on our radar, but I remember, you know, that feeling of, I went into Versace one time and they offered me a glass of champagne and a water and they sat me down and they brought out these styles. And I was like, could this possibly happen? Could this happen for $80. Cause mm-hmm. I still didn't have any money. Still didn't even understand, but could you have this experience, this feeling with a budget that a lot of people have? So mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the birth of this dream of someday. I wonder if my lifestyle that is, you know, just a regular girl, um, who plays, you know, try to find your lunch money in the, in the sofa. That's what my parents would, I mean, that's what we did. We, it was a wonderful life, but we did not have that. But why was that the validating piece? Why did you, when you walked into Neiman Marcus, if you could buy a $10,000 dress, why did that, did you get offered all of these extra things? Could you do that for an $80 dress? So one of the things I hear as you tell that story, which I, I love is it's not just about the, the clothing it's how the clothing makes you feel and how the overall experience makes you feel. And the clothing becomes the means to connect with that customer. Absolutely. I mean, the experience for me, experience is a very big trendy keyword right now. You have to have it. Mm-hmm. You have to have experience. But 15 years ago, that was our number one idea was 
you can get clothing anywhere, but I want you to come into this store and feel so incredible, but only spending this amount of money. So it was from the beginning, there was no social media. So I would have parties and we would have, you know, all men and women come and we would do Polaroids on the side and like, Oh, meet somebody. It was like match.com. It was like, how do I introduce the people? We were always pushing the envelope with experience then and now. And so it has become woven in and really translates into our core value of, wow, it's going above and beyond. It's not okay to just say, you know, would you like a small? And that's a goal for every store every day, right? To wow customer. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So I think, you know, when you actually put this into to motion, it's got to become part of your process. You can't just say, mm-hmm. hey, team, it'd be really cool to wow. You have to literally weave it into your process. So it's a KPI for us. I mean, it is an actual stat that at the end of 365, 40 stores, every store, you send your sales goals, you send your actual sales, you send all of your, you know, ATVs, all of those numbers. And then the last KPI is the wow. What was your best wow of that day? And, you know, how that translates, that is putting our team's focus on making sure that that happens. We hope it happens with every customer, but we're translating one. And those wows can look, they're not Ferraris. We're not buying our customer Ferraris, but we're slipping in notes in bags um, who shared a bad day. I mean, we yesterday we had a, a stylist who's the person she was shopping with was talking about how her plans had fallen through for Valentine's Day. She didn't have a babysitter and our stylist like, I'll be happy to come over and babysit. You've been shopping with us forever and just go and babysit. I mean, That's a wow. That yeah. happens, right? And wow is really defined as the customers say, wow, like it's so simple, but it's, it's, you have to be in touch with your customer and know that this experience is more than did I find her size? That's awesome. You, as you think back to the challenges that you had to go through just to take that original vision and, and get it to where you are today, I'd love to hear you talk about what were the biggies that you had to deal with then And here you are today, maybe talk about how far you've come, but what's the big challenge you're wrestling with now? Sure. So I'll start with then, you know, the first time I told this story, it was one of those stories you're like, did that really happen? And why did I continue on? But, you know, hustle became our core value because of this reason. I was working so hard. I was working 80 hours a week, consulting, flying out Sunday, coming back Thursday. I got a job on the weekends at a boutique to make sure this is really what I want to do. And then every other minute was spent on that business plan. I hate to interrupt you. That's a huge lesson right there for folks that are thinking about something, the way you tested the water, why you still had your primary job that you may may choose to leave, but you weren't just kind of blindly going after it. It's vital because if I didn't like what I was about to create, there'd be a real problem because the mantra is, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life. So I needed to make sure I actually loved it. So sorry, but that was big. No, it is big. And that's the advice I tell people now is I used to say, jump. If you love it, go for it. No, test it. Mm -hmm. Because I've, that's the internship program here. Mm -hmm. Try, we have them try everything so they can say, I don't love that. So I, you know, go through that year. It was a year of my life that, you know, it tests, do I really want to do this? Because you are burning the candle at both ends and, you know, do I love this? And the night I opened my very first store, you know, the greatest day, sales were incredible. We had a fashion show, all of my friends, the entire city was there. It was as good as it gets. And, um, went home that night. It was about three o'clock and I hadn't slept, you know, just waiting for this event, fell asleep and bright eyed and bushy tail woke up at six o'clock to have my first day of business, right? Mm -hmm. Walk in, 
when I say broken into, they had taken everything, glass everywhere. Like literally like from CSI, like the bloods on the window where they broke in, they took my register, they took my stereo system, they took obviously all the clothing, but everything was gone. We were back to zero, right? Um, But that's the moment I became an entrepreneur for Mm. real because I called my dad, you know, he owns his own gallery. He's my entrepreneur dad. I'm like, who comes and cleans this up? Like what happens now? What's the number phone number? And he's like, I'll get a broom. I'm coming over. Like it's, it's you babe. Like this is it. Mm. And I, Mm. I remember that day deciding I just spent all my money. There was no more money. I'd bought the clothing insurance was not paying for this because the security system did not work. So I'm just sitting there with this, like, hmm, I've got to board up a door on my first day of business. I'm closed. It's not good for business. Right. (laughs) Um, but I called, I just, I understood the value of relationships at that moment. I called back every vendor and I said, this is that girl that's trying to open a store. Would you give me 30 days to send me back everything you just sent me? I have no money, but I'm going to sell it and I'm going to pay you back. So that's how I started my career of, do you really want to be an entrepreneur? You know, for most um, folks that are getting started, there is typically a death of a vision moment. Now, I've not heard that story before where somebody came in and literally tried to steal it all from you. But there's a death of a vision moment. And the just the um, the mental emotional, physical resilience you have to demonstrate to power through that, it speaks to how important your why is. How committed are you to the vision? And if so, you'll just kind of power through the absolute worst of circumstances. And good for you, it sounds like you did just that. And some of you listening to this right now, that's exactly where you are. You may not have, somebody may not have busted a window, but they busted a window in your dream. And it's not a coincidence that you just heard that story. That's another reason why you need to write a book. I've been telling Dana she needs to write a book. We're getting close to that, folks. But I love the fact that you said, I'm going to sell this stuff. Can you try? I mean, that, that is hustle. That's okay. I'm going to get back up and dust myself off and keep going. Well, and what it also, you know, looking back, I didn't feel this in the moment, but what I look back now and what I tell anyone that I mentor is like, are you willing to invest in yourself? Right? Like I did not have that money again. I barely had it the first time I had it started this with a $70,000 line of credit, you know, and my parents going, good luck. You know, I, you might want to keep your day job. It's got a great salary. Mm -hmm. So I did not have a plan for how that, but I believed in myself and I believed in how much I loved my budding company that had been open one day and was already empty. And it was such a beautiful motivator of 30 days. You know, when you set a goal and sometimes they get set for you, but man, that, that is what inspires me. It's, I'm I'm not financially inspired. I'm not um, pat on the back inspired. I'm inspired by what can I pull out of myself that. I've never even known was possible. So Dana, now that you made it through that, I, I know you've had other challenges, but I bet you, you can look back to that day and go, okay, if I got through that one, I, I know I have what it takes to get through the next one. And that, that it just makes you stronger, right? Absolutely. I mean, it really does because you look back and say, that was not part of the business plan. No, <laughs> You don't write that into the plan at all. And, and the irony that it was when we were launching, it's like, here you go. And what a great night. It was the next day I was supposed to rest. That's right. Sunday mm-hmm. was supposed to be rest. And the story you can then take to your, uh, your vendors, your suppliers, look what I did. I, I overcame. I made good. You can trust me. 
And they all, I mean, they do. I have really long, incredible relationships with these vendors and they, they know the story and, and our, we're so close because of it. Like we're cheering for each other throughout this journey because of it. That's a, that's a great story. When, when did you realize this is working? And that may be a bad question, but um, you get through that and then you start thinking about a second store. I mean, when, when did it start clicking in like, oh yes, this is going to work? Well, I've got this, you know, really strange idea that I've never really figured out if it's working. People say, congratulations. I'm like, oh, I'm not pregnant. What do you, what do you say? What does that mean? And, um, and I love, it's just built in. And I think it's kind of like my, I've talked about my parents. It was just, they've always believed that the sky's the limit. And I, they have told me since I've been born, you will do anything you want to do. So I would just, it was a given that that would happen. But, um, I will say, you know, being in your first store and, people started coming in saying, Hey, we really need this in Raleigh. We really need this store in Austin. And I just was like, Oh, well, it's interesting, but I don't live there. You know, the, the piece that, you know, I kind of left out is that I, at Deloitte, I was moving pretty quickly up that, that corporate ladder and they were having conversations of, you'll probably be one of the youngest women partners. Here we go. And so I got to meet other women partners and understand, goodness, they didn't have kids like at where we were then. So I really didn't see a vision. I knew I needed to move into something for my life that was going to set me up long-term. I wanted a hundred kids and wanted to be a really good wife and see my friends on Tuesday. And so when that hit with fabric, I was like, this is great. I've got one store. It for a minute felt like maybe it was enough until it was like, wait a second, the need, the demand. My plan was never to open 40, 200, 500 stores. The demand came to me and you've got to notice that as an entrepreneur, as one of the biggest opportunities, right? You can't mm-hmm. push something down someone's own throat. They've got, when they started coming. So that's when I started thinking about, you know, what's, what does franchising mean? And I didn't know what, what that looked like in the, this character boutique feel, you know, every entrepreneur believes that your thing is your thing and there's nothing like it. So how could you ever replicate it? But I had to open my mind to there's women like me that have the exact same dream that want to be a mom, want to have kids, know their community, want to serve their community and whoa, could that be franchising? Could my dream extend to them without me physically being there? And it's really been, I I know we don't have to talk about numbers, but I know your vision is even bigger than it now currently is. So how have you been able to kind of rise above the day-to-day and think about the future vision? It's so important to do that. And the hardest part about doing that, I'll say what's hard before I say what I'm doing, is that you enjoy. That's why you got into mm-hmm. this. You enjoy yeah. the nitty gritty. I love a good spreadsheet. I love going back to numbers and how can we refine this? And I love buying. I mean, I've bought every single piece of inventory that's ever come into this company. And until now where I have to be able, someone's got to take care of the vision. And it, no one is when you're not. And when I learned that, it was like, whoa. So luckily I have people around me that said, okay, Dana, you know, what, what recently happened was just so beautiful. My CMO came to me and she's like, I need you out of the day to day. I love you, but I need you out of the day to day. I need you telling our story of what we're doing. I need you out. And it really, it's addicting to get into 
those details because you can affect such easy change. Right. You've got to, you've got to move back to wait, why are we doing this and communicating it as you grow? People need to remember why, and it can't just be in your head. I think you're testifying to a principle that um, we hear a good bit. And I think it's applicable if you're one of our listeners out there and you've got something that's starting to grow the split between the time you spend working in the business and the time you spend working on the business, it's going to have to change. And, and it, particularly as you grow, you have to shift more and more time to working on the business. And that may mean finding um, people that you can trust handing off the things that you are so passionate about and you know you can do, but you got to trust them to somebody else to free you up. You do. And that trust is that's the piece of like, you've got to let someone else into your dream. It can't just be your dream. It will not grow. It will stay the exact same size. I mean, I almost get emotional because I think about if it was just me versus when you bring in everyone. I mean, and the people in my company care about my dream as much as it's their dream now. It is outside of Dana Spinola in a way that you can only dream would happen, right? It's this big living thing that people, customers are like, oh, fabric. And they tell you how it makes them feel. And my entire closet, and they go through each piece with you and you're tracking of like, this is, is so good. So you have to be willing though, to also let not only your team fail, but to be okay when they do a better job than you do. Mm-hmm. One of the things I sensed as soon as we came in, and you were gracious and gave Jeff and I this tour of this beautiful space, and it's really cool. There's mm-hmm. there's beautiful clothing everywhere. There are these little um, um, imagination boards. What's the right? That's probably inspiration. not inspiration Same boards thing. Uh, See, all over the place. Cool place. No, no, clear, <laughs> clearly not. But you are inspired when you walk in here because there are inspiration boards and great images everywhere. But the, here's what else I got. This place is about people. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe I picked up. You didn't say it, but that's what I felt. And so whether it's your team here or the way you talk about your store owners or the way you talk about customers, and then you showed me some pictures about how your business even wants to impact other people totally outside of the business, kind of the ministry facet of what you're doing. Right. It's people. Right. Tell us a little bit about that. I mean, it's heart. You know, it's all heart. So every intern that comes into our organization and we have a lot and I love it. It's the one of the, you know, it's, it's me when I was, you know, 20, it's so much fun, but I ask them two questions. I say, what makes your heart beat? You know, what is the thing that you're like, Oh my gosh, that's so fun. And then what breaks your heart and heart being our core value? Like I want to, I want you to be thinking about it. I want you to be exploring it. So for us, most of the people that come to want to be part of this company to work with us it's because of what we're doing in the communities. It's because of free fabric. It's because of our clothing line, Asher. And what kind of people are we attracting because of that? The most beautiful servant mentality. And we're in customer service. So, mm-hmm. you know, years back, I, you know, I admittedly started this company because I wanted to have a clothing store. It, there was no purpose in it. It was passion. It was me saying, man, people say, you know, I can dress them pretty well. And this seems to be a skill set. I have a business degree. My parents are artists. This is the perfect thing. So I started a store for my passion, clothing. What happens as you become a leader and you're looking back in your company, I was actually in Africa on a, on a bus journaling of man, I got to change my mission statement. I changed my mission statement from high style, no attitude or sticker shock to high style with heart. And it was so clear to me that I had a responsibility to the women that worked in my company to teach them about 
living their passion and looking beautiful on the outside. It's, it makes you feel great. But that beauty inside piece was so glaring to me of we, I got to take care of these girls' hearts and bring them on these mission trips and show them, you know, bring them into the safe houses with us and dress these women. Those pieces were just as important for building my company. And all of a sudden that just trickles to our customers. They started volunteering with us, donating their clothes. And it became really what we were known for first, which man, when I was writing a business plan, that's what I wish I had written in there because that's what happened. We are known first for our heart, then for our high style. Um, and as a founder of anything, um, or as me, at least personally, that's is everything to me. I think so many people want to work somewhere where they feel like they are making a difference. And you, you need to have a, a viable business to make it sustainable, to have the means to turn around and do something good for other people. But when you've got a purpose that's real, it's not manufactured, it, and it's heartfelt. Like you said, you're on the bus in Africa, and you just want others to see and experience what you're seeing and experiencing. That resonates. Yeah. And you can't like, you know, I've talked to so many people about this because people are like, oh, I want to, I want a nonprofit for my company. And, you know, coming about it that way, I guess you can get there for me. I'm like, what breaks your heart? Like to answer that question for me, opening a box of clothing is what makes my heart beat. I wish it was something so different, but since I've been a little girl, they're like, oh, wow, that outfit that you feel like you can conquer the world. It's like knights, you know, you, a knight would be in his armor if it's a bad day, if it's a good day, if it's a first date, whatever it is, we watch women all the time come in and you put that on and you can handle it. You can give that speech or you can show up to that court case. That's what that is. But the heartbreak piece, you know, for me has just been women that have their second chances kind of been taken away from them. And for me, that's sex trafficking and orphan babies. And so how do you have a fashion company and have these two things on your heart, how in the world do those come together? Only in such a beautiful world that is fabric that those two things, you know, kind of collide in. And that that birth-free fabric is, we want to know these women. We don't want to put, you know, we I sent an email out one day that just basically said, hey, does anyone have any extra clothing? We want to serve some women in our community. I had to rent a warehouse. I mean, in wow. two days of our, just to our customer base. It wasn't unbelievable. So the communities have the clothing they want. So we also did the same thing with the volunteer list. Anybody want to volunteer? We hundred volunteer spots go every minute. We can't even keep those open. So it's all there. And now we also had the desire for people in our company. I'm working. How can I serve? So that it just to us completed what this company was about. If you're going to be here fulfilling your passion, being around clothing, most of our team has a passion to serve. So how do we bring what we already have, which is clothing to women that don't? I got to repeat what you said. Cause it was, you, it was so well said. You, we you just said need to two questions, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. but what makes your heart beat and what makes your heart break? Mm -hmm. Okay. Those are two great questions for anybody as you, as you dig in to, to really the, the why, the, 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 how your passion is going to come to life. Dana, I'd like to turn a corner a little bit in our last few minutes. This isn't just the only part of your life. Uh, you're a wife. Um, you've got a beautiful family. You've adopted. There's that part. How do you balance 
the business side with the work side and the personal side? Because that's a challenge for launchers, particularly those that are starting up. How do they, they've got the, you know, the old analogy of the plates on spinning the wheels. How, how have you been able to do that? Well, surely not wonderful. I mean, I think (laughs) (laughs) I can start by saying like, man, I mess up there. And, you know, some of the best advice I got around that subject is, um, you know, I've never met anyone who's trying to change the world that's lived a pretty balanced life. So I'm giving myself a lot of grace there. Um, I love that idea that I'm, I'm not striving for balance. What, you know, I talked about to my company the other day is I'm striving for presence. I'm striving to right now there, you know, my text and my emails, they're all filling up, but I don't care right now. Right now I care about this conversation and who we're talking to hopefully hears something from this. And if you can figure out that there's probably not going to be balance at, at any piece, but wherever you are in that presence, um, you know, and then there's tactical ways that I now know how to do that. You know, I surround myself with my wise counsel that will tell me you're off the tracks. And that's probably the greatest words I can hear from people are, Dana, you're not being Dana. You know, I have my best friend from second grade that's like, what's going on? And I love to put people in my life that will, you know, give me those speed bumps and say that to me. Um, I think there was a period in my life where everyone was just like, yes, yes, you got it, you got it. And those people actually slow me down, keep me super humble and keep me focused back. Um, Because again, I have four little kids, you know, four kids under 11 and 12 chickens and a husband that travels all around the world. And we have decided that we do want a lifestyle that it's all in and it's all the time. And we've, we love that, but we've got to be, you know, I always talk about the analogy of putting the auction mask on yourself before you put it on someone else. I did not subscribe to that theory when I was younger. And now I am full on board to taking a minute for yourself. And to me, that's not taking a nap. What I learned about myself, what that means is reading a book, saying no to a coffee and saying yes to a playground with my son. Like the things that fill me up, inspire me were very different than I thought they were. Mm. But if you know what inspires you, you can find that balance. If I've been out to dinner three nights in a row, I know that, you know, I'm an introvert. So I want to be able to clear my schedule for a week. And if you can build that into your actual Google calendar, tactically, you can keep yourself going. That's great. Any other um, tools or a process or something that you've taken on as you've seen the business mature and all these responsibilities have started to pile up around, you know, both here at work and at home? What what have you had to learn or what have you found that helps you uh, stay on top of it all and be just be 100% Dana like you want to be? Yeah. I mean, the first thing is figuring out you don't have all the right answers. Who are you going to delegate to? So I make a to-do list every day, and then I go back through it of who else can be doing this? What do can I only do? And there are certain things. You know, as my child's mom, I can only be there. And as the CEO for this company, I can only do. But I find a lot of the times there's other things that other people can do. So tactically being able and willing to give those up. And then I do the same thing at night. Like, you know, what's the, the plan for tomorrow? And if I can just scope out my day instead of my life and my to-do list, Mm -hmm. then it's manageable. Um, And then the last piece, I guess, would try to leave margin for, there's no day that I've ever planned. It's kind of like my first opening day Mm -hmm. that went the way it was supposed to. So give yourself that margin. So whoever you have around you, or if it's just yourself, 
add those minute that buffer around for the craziness and know it's going to happen. So, theme that I just hear over and over again, and you're reinforcing it, Dana, is if if you're really going to be successful at, at whatever your your vision, your launch is, you just have to be thoughtful about what you do with your time. It is the resource uh, that is arguably most precious. So, I appreciate you speaking to that again. And I'll tell you a real quick story. I had the opportunity to speak in front of uh, Dana's company recently. And I got a few days later, I got this box with glitter and about 40 <laughs> notes and everyone had written me a handwritten note. That's the kind of thing that's, that just, you know, here I am talking about it several weeks later. That's her company. That's what she, that's, that's the, that's the mentality and the attitude that she's building here. So can I go there a little mm-hmm. bit and ask one more question? When you were taking Jeff and I around, you took us to this one room that's labeled chill. And you said, this is where we have devotion. Can you talk about that a little yes. bit? Yes. So I am not a laid back person. There's nothing about me that's patient, relaxed, (laughs) calm. So the word chill for me, like I actually need a room that will remind me to do that. And I need a fluffy, big, furry beanbags in there to remind me that I'm not going to dig into, you know, a Google doc at this time. Um, So we take everything out of that room and that's our morning devotion time. That's where we sit as a company because it's unbelievable. You can work with people and still never even see them in a day or have a conversation, ask about their child. So it's the more the time that we sit in there. I mean, you're going to get some tears, you're going to get some laughter, but we go through a morning devotion, and we we literally share what's really at the top of our minds, and that can get missed so much. And when you're small, and it's me and Allie, when it was just the two of us, I knew every single thing about every single thing, and now I don't know everyone's birthdays, and I don't know that. So that's the time that we get centered around for us, you know what is our prayer for our company? Hmm. We've got franchisees that are going through life right now and let's talk about it. Let's share it. And so that, you know, it reminds us that people are people and everyone has a story going on at that time. And we start our day with level setting that perspective together and then praying for our company and praying just for the day. Like, how are we going to get through just today? And then we'll see you back in the beautiful white furry beanbag room the next morning. Hmm. Every day. Yeah. That's cool. Well, Dana, first of all, thanks. Thanks for, I know you got a lot of stuff going on, but I would love for our uh, our community to be able to, many of them are already following you, but how can we stay in touch with you, follow you on? Yeah, Instagram is probably the best, but okay. it's just Dana Spinola. Mm-hmm. And um, you'll, you know, you'll get chicken kids, fashion inspo. Um, but mostly it, I hope to just inspire people to continue on. I mean, it is no joke. Being an entrepreneur is no joke, but man, it's rewarding when you feel like you are actually living what you were supposed to be here for. So and check out your website, F-A-B-R-I-K. Style.com. Style.com. Yeah. And it is, you guys got it right. It's fabric. Everyone wants to make it French and fabric. So you're, <laughs> no, we, got we're, it. we're studying this. So, hey, before we let you go, final question, I want you to take us back to you're now sweeping up the broken glass. You're calling vendors. I'm going to sell the stuff if you send it to me. Get fast forward 30 days. What happened? I sold it. Y'all, I paid my bills. Like, and it's that pay your bill. You're like, oh my gosh, the checks in the mail kind of pay your bills. I did. I did it. And I didn't even know. I hadn't even, I didn't know when that 30 days was because you're just in the moment. And then all of a sudden it just started the, the whole trajectory of this is how I operate. I'm, I honor my own word, invest in myself and pay my bills. And all of a sudden people started shopping. And what it did though, in that 30 days, the amount of attention 
I gave to every single customer was so high because they mattered mm. so much. And that is what I think our company hasn't lost is that one customer matters so much. Well, I don't think our listeners are going to forget that story. So that, that was a gift. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I would just end it by saying launchers go and do likewise. Amen. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the launch university podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go-getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.